Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Going to come back to the near side. Pick six. It's Hello and welcome back to Pacific Point of View. I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. And I'm Colt Almodova. And together we are the Pacific Point of View coming at you with Season 4 live on Blaze Radio of Pacific Point of View. It's been a long time coming. We're in week two, gentlemen. We're back in here. Let's go. Yes, sir. It feels good to be back. And let's get things started off on a good note with our surprises of the week. You surprised? <laughs> surprised, Eddie? <laughs> If I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. All right, Hayden, week one, what was your biggest surprise? How about the James Madison Dukes getting it done in their first game as an FBS team, destroying Middle Tennessee 44-7. to I did expect James Madison to win that game, but not by that margin. Middle Tennessee was a pretty respectable team last year, going 7-6 and and beating Toledo in the Bahamas Bowl. And of course, if you're not familiar with the James Madison program, they were an FCS powerhouse. They've won two natties down there. They went 12-2 and last year, losing only to North Dakota State in the FCS semifinals. And uh, they've got a dude at quarterback named Todd Santeo, who transferred from Colorado State. The guy went off 287 yards, six tutties. Oof. And uh, James Madison, they're not eligible to go to a bowl game this year or even win the Sun Belt, but I think they're going to make some noise in that conference. I was very surprised to see them blow out Middle Tennessee. I would agree. Very under the radar, too. You didn't hear a lot of people talking about it. Colt? I was shocked by Louisville's non-performance this weekend. Going into the season, I thought Louisville, especially on offense, was just going to run through a lot of these ACC teams, specifically Syracuse. I know it was at Syracuse inside the Dome. I heard something. I don't know if they have air conditioning or not at uh, Syracuse's home field inside the Dome over there. But, man, I was just shocked by Louisville. Malik Cunningham, only uh, 152 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions, a 25.6 QBR. I I was just expecting a lot more from Malik, even maybe a potential sleeper Heisman campaign, but that is surely over now after week one. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Malik, it kind of felt like was generating momentum for a push this year. Last year, he had that game where he had a reception touchdown, a running touchdown, and a passing touchdown, and was putting up crazy numbers. Um, Mine is kind of a joint pick as a surprise. Clemson and Iowa, two teams whose offenses were a question mark coming into the season. Can they silence the doubters? No. Iowa did not score an offensive touchdown. They had a field goal. That was it. Defense outscored the offense. And Clemson, yeah, they dropped 41 points. So you might say, oh, what do you mean their offense isn't back? Are you kidding me? Midway through the second quarter, their offense to look as, as bad as it did. DJ just doing whatever out there, stumbling around. But uh, those are my biggest surprises uh, from week one. And uh, some great stuff all across the board, all the way to James Madison. Wasn't expecting that one. 
Um, but let's keep things going on a good note. We're going to talk about our Wheaties and Fruit Loops Players of the Week. Better get your whole grain. I bet eat my Wheaties. All right, Aiden, who is eating their Wheaties in the Pac-12? Uh, I got to go with X Valade at ASU. He balled out in his first game as a Sun Devil. The transfer from Wyoming rushed for over 100 yards, a couple of touchdowns. I think he is going to be a major key in this ASU offense this year and could not could not have gotten off to a much better start than he did. All right, Colt, how are we feeling? Oh, I'm feeling Jaden Delora, okay? Yep. I mean, <laughs> I, I think if there was ever a week where I should be talking about Jaden Delora, where it actually makes sense, it's this week, okay? U of A had lost, I don't know how many consecutive games. I don't know, but it was too many. A and lot. <laughs> Jaden Delora came in in his first start with the Wildcats, going 22 of 35, almost 300 passing yards, four tutties, made an absolute statement, going into a big-time home opener this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to run it past stats and info, but a one-win team from a season ago beating a 12-win team from a season ago, I don't know how many times that's happened. Um, my Wheaties Player of the Week, Michael Penix Jr., uh, my goodness, did he ball out for Washington against defending like division champions in the MAC? Uh, goes 26 to 39 for 345 and four touchdowns. I mean, he looked like prime 2020 COVID year, Michael Penix Jr. And uh, honestly, Indiana could make some noise, or not Indiana, Washington could make some noise with him playing like that. Um, look out for him. Yeah, that was an underrated win for Washington. Yeah. In my opinion. I, I would agree. Uh, Fruit Loops player of the week, you know, if you're not eating your Wheaties, you're not making your bones strong, you're not, you know, doing all the things that, that you need to do to get right, and you're eating your Fruit Loops, you're going to come out slow, you're going to come out sluggish. Colt, who's eating their Fruit Loops? Okay, I'm going to take this one out of the Pac-12. We're going to go to the islands. Braden Shager, four interceptions this weekend. Four, what was this, 4.2 QBR? This guy was absolutely horrible. He is the main problem on offense right now for the Bows. It's really hard to watch my team when Braden Shager is sitting back there. I want Joey Yellen in. I know he's going to be in this weekend. But, man, watching Shager, it's demoralizing for an already demoralizing season after two weeks. I would agree. Hayden? This is a guy I think we're going to pick on a lot this year. We picked on him a lot last year. This wasn't even his worst performance, but... You know, I'm not even going to just single out Brendan Lewis at Colorado. Mm. I'm going to single out both quarterbacks, Brendan Lewis and J.T. Shrout. They didn't do anything against TCU. Yeah. And this just looks like it's going to be another pathetic year for the Buffaloes on offense. No difference makers at the quarterback position. And uh, this could be a long season for the Buffs. And I I don't even know who's going to start this week at Air Force. Yeah. Remains to be seen. I will say Shrout, he looks slightly better Slightly than better. I agree. Slightly better. Um, and Lewis had a lot of weapons last year, which I think could have contributed to the, the good stretches he had. Yeah, Brendan Rice. Yeah, and uh, they, had, they had the uh, Chennault brother as well mm -hmm. um, on their squad. Um, and Broussard taking Bruce. the weight off him Is as well. Is he back? Uh, no, he's at Michigan State now. That's right. Yeah, yeah so direct Broussard trying to be the next uh, Kenneth Walker yep. over there. Um, Fruit Loops Player of the Week. I just went ahead and said Washington State's ball security because I couldn't put it on one guy, but they missed – two field goals in their game against Idaho, and they fumbled the ball three times. And so I'd say ball security and just the little things, but I think it would be a crime for us to not mention Bo Nix because Bo Nix went on the national stage and had just about the worst performance we have seen from a Pac-12 quarterback on a national stage in a while. Um, and honestly, it was pretty embarrassing that he changed his team colors just to get blown out by Georgia in a different uniform. Exactly, yep. again. Um, and 
funny enough, we're doing our fantasy draft right now. Um, beautiful timing by our roommate. <laughs> it just Dan got and... auto picked to Saquon Barkley. I don't really? want that, bro. What do I have? Who do? How's my squad know. looking? I've kind of been paying attention to it. I've got Austin Eckler, DeAndre Swift, and Debo Samuel. Here, I can, that's not a bad. That's pretty good. That's not you, bad. You're wearing a cape. Yeah. You've got Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon so far. Really? I hate, I hate Joe Mixon, but I'll take it. Um, let's go ahead and jump to the big picture. We've got a fantastic slate of games here in Week 2, but before we get to those, the AP poll just dropped. What are your guys' initial thoughts? Usually I feel like we see more movement than we did in the early weeks, but still there were some surprising moves. Oregon getting dropped? Completely. That was, that was a little harsh. Unsurprising. When the Pac-12 gets embarrassed, AP... Um, they, they're not friendly. Yeah, yeah. not at all. No yeah. love lost, and the optics are just a huge deal with the AP. You know, Oregon gets blown out by Georgia. They drop. Notre Dame only loses by a couple scores to a similarly ranked Ohio State team, and they only fall three spots. Yeah, still a top ten team according to. And Florida all the way up at twelve. That's that's it's a quite huge a jump. I feel like the voters just didn't feel right not having Florida above Utah. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like I think you ask a lot of people at a neutral site, they're picking Utah in that game. Yeah, no doubt. When I look at the AP poll this week, the first thing I see is, wow, Hawaii's going on the road to take on the number four team in the nation. That doesn't happen every weekend, so that's pretty nuts. That is nuts. But I also see eight SEC teams, which is three more than the next conference, which is the ACC, who has five in. Man, the SEC also has Auburn, Mississippi State, and South Carolina ranked. And even if they put Vandy, I'm surprised that they're not in there for some reason, just because of the amount of teams from the SEC that are currently in the rankings. It's just, oh, man, I, I don't like seeing all these SEC teams. I don't think it's good for college football right now. But I do see USC is all the way up to, what is that now, 10? Hey, so, that, that didn't take long at all. Already the So they do team. like SC. Despite them kicking Oregon out of there. Yeah, um, my biggest takeaway, uh, shout out Sam McEwen with the, I can't even remember, it was like the Lincoln Chronicle or something. He ranked Oregon State number 22, got us some nice votes there in that go. AP Top 25. We'll take it. Um, but yeah, from the week two or week one of action, which was pretty devoid of upsets, uh, what are some takeaways you guys had from the national picture? Uh, Clemson, Ole Miss, and Texas A&M looked pretty fraudulent. Ole Miss only beating... They only put up 28 on Troy. On Troy, yeah. Very disappointing. Clemson, if not for that late burst, would have had, quite frankly, it was an embarrassing performance against Georgia Tech, at least in the first half. And then Texas A&M didn't look that great against Sam Houston State. They won 31-0, but just a sloppy performance. Ohio State, maybe not as good as we thought. I'm... I mentioned last week I thought they were the closest team to Bama, but that also could be an indication of how good Notre Dame is this year, yeah, too. Yeah, I would agree with that. And then just a rough start for the Pac-12. Yeah. And uh, the only conference I think that had a worse start than the Pac-12 was the Mountain West. Ooh, Hawaii, they were awful. Utah State, San Diego State, Boise, and Colorado State all got blown out. Yeah. And even Nevada and San Jose State didn't look good in their wins. Yeah. Agreed. So Hayden led into my point. I was going to make a point about the Mountain West. Yes, 10 of the 12 teams in the conference look really bad this year. However, the two that I think will actually be in the conference championship took care of business this weekend, and that's Fresno State and Air Force. Air Force absolutely dominated versus Northern Iowa. Fresno State took care of business versus Cal Poly, and I think... Even though Fresno has to go through Oregon State and USC and even a kind of a scary UConn team right now, 
I think towards the back half of their schedule, they'll be able to rack up some wins, even if they slip up one or two in the next few games. Mountain West, I think, will be okay. And Fresno State, I think, has a chance to be in the New Year's Six. Wow, pretty bold take coming there. Careful, it might turn into bulletin board material. My biggest takeaway, Jaden Daniels, poor guy. His yep. offensive line looks just as bad at LSU as it did at ASU. Um, but let's jump to the Heisman watch, all right? We have a lot of new names, new guys flying around um, in week one that we didn't see before. Who are a few guys that are on your radar now? I'm on the clock in fantasy. <laughs> I'm prepared to be slandered mercilessly, mercilessly for this. Okay. And I'm just going to say this. This guy's not exactly on my big picture Heisman radar, but if the season ended today, he would win the Heisman Trophy. And that's Vanderbilt quarterback Mike oh. Wright. In the first two games... He completed 31 of 50 passes for 391 yards, no picks. He's accounted for 10 total touchdowns on the season, six through the air, four on the ground, and he has 247 rushing yards on 24 carries. He is not the best player in football. I'm not saying that. I just think he deserves a shout-out here. And if the season ended today, if you base it off performance alone, he would win the Heisman. Well, they've played two just complete terrible <laughs> FCS schools so far, so you can't give him too oh, much wow. credit. Um, I think Cole missed that one because he's he, drafted. He did. Uh, but I'll, I'll give my nod to Drake May. All right, Drake May, nine touchdowns, no picks through two games. He's been an absolute baller. Um, and it would be a crime not to mention Anthony Richardson after that that crazy pump fake jump spin he hit versus Utah. You talk about Heisman moments and building a case for yourself early. I think Richardson's done the most as far as the spectacle of it all. Uh, Coles, who, who are you feeling? All right, so I just drafted Lamar Jackson in fantasy. Okay. I think I feel pretty good about that pick. Um, I'm feeling Tyler Van Dyke, okay? 70-13 to 13 win over Bethune-Cookman yep. for Miami. I mean, yeah, not the, the best opponent, but Van Dyke looked really good. 193 passing yards, two tutties allowed his team to start off the season on the right foot. They've got a game against A&M next weekend. I think that's where the Heisman moment could be for Tyler Van Dyke. All right. One note I'll throw out there, too. Will Anderson. That man's yep. got to do more. He's got to do more. Only five tackles and one for loss against Utah State. I know he probably didn't play the full game, but you got to put up better numbers if you want to win the Heisman as a defensive player. Uh, but let's get to the fun stuff. Week two picks. We're going to start. It's the 9 a.m. game. We've got number one Alabama at Texas College Game Day. Uh, before we make this pick, do you guys know the last team Alabama lost to out of conference? Yes. Ooh. Hayden? Had to be ULM, right? It was UL Monroe way back in 2007. Really? That's the last time. I was time. six years old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were all probably six years old for that. Yeah. Cole might have been five. I don't know uh. how the dates line up there. But, but yeah, Alabama at Texas, who you got? Bama, they just they don't lose these games. Alabama, easy. This is a pretty easy one. I mean, Quinn Ewers, yeah, he looked pretty decent last week. If you watch the Texas highlights, it's like, oh, yeah, they have some promise. Yeah. But you're playing Bama, so yeah. Bama. Yeah, I mean, you give Texas a, a fighting chance if this is in week, like, 11 towards the end of the season. But, I mean, it's so early in the season, and Bama looks so crisp against Utah State. Yeah. It's just like, okay, Texas, you know, it's just not not a lot pushing in, in Texas' direction here. Even though I've got them winning the Big 12 this year, I just think that not enough in the uh, in the tank. But, hey, great learning moment for them early in the season. Hey, this is the bar. This is where we're trying to get our program back to. Yep. Um, Pitt coming off of the backyard brawl. Guess what? they got to play a tw top 25 team. Number 24, Tennessee, at number 17, Pitt. I don't like where this game falls for Pitt. Coming off of that emotional game, like you mentioned, against West Virginia, this is a really – 
tight game, razor thin. I think it's going to be very close. Two quarterbacks in Keaton Slovis and Hendon Hooker that you could argue are top 20 quarterbacks in the country. Yep. I just think Tennessee gets it done here on the road. It's a lot to ask for Pitt to knock off West Virginia and then Tennessee to start the season. I like the Volunteers to get a huge non-conference victory, and the hype is going to be about as big in Knoxville as it's been in a little while. Yeah, go Vols. This one kind of just feels like a pick em. Like It has a six-point spread right now for Tennessee, but man... Pittsburgh was battling last week against West Virginia. Tennessee dropped 59 against a not-so-great opponent. I just think if this is going to be the year for Tennessee to prove to everyone that they are legit, this is the one you got to come out and dominate on the road, and I think you got to do it early. I've got Tennessee in this one. I like Hendon Hooker, maybe a sleeper for Heisman. Yeah, I love a lot of the points you made. I'm a huge Hendon Hooker guy. Put him on my top five players um, this year, just that I like. Um, and I, I agree. Pitt playing West Virginia last week, that physical, physical matchup, I think it's going to take a toll on them, and I like Tennessee on the road. I don't know if they'll cover. It's going to be an absolute dogfight. I don't but know, man. I like Tennessee as well. We got an SEC battle, one that wasn't on anybody's radar a week ago. Still would probably think it would be a fun game, but 20 Kentucky at now number 12 Florida. I mean, things have just flipped for Florida after one game. Yeah. Before last week, I had this pegged as an – as my upset pick for this week. I thought Florida was going to upset Kentucky, but mm. they're clearly the favorite here. I think Anthony Richardson's going to get it done. That Heisman stock is going to continue to rise, and he's going to put a pause on that UK hype train. I like the Gators. See, I think this is exactly where the Richardson stock falls. Okay, Whoa. I think last week, okay, it shoots up. Okay, everyone's drinking the Anthony Richardson Kool-Aid, but I think this is where Florida's going to get humbled in the swamp. I think Kentucky's a really good team. They looked, you know, they started a little shaky versus Miami of Ohio last weekend. We were watching mm-hmm. the game. In the first half, yes, they struggled. But when it counted, Will Levis showed up, three touchdowns. I got Kentucky in this one, and I have Kentucky. I, I think they could be a great chance to beat Georgia this season. Wow, okay. Yeah, you like Will- the guy who puts mayonnaise in his coffee. I know. Yes. I, I, like, I like Anthony Richardson better than Will Levis on and off the field. Because of the mayonnaise wow. and the coffee. That was disgusting. And on top of that, it's like, okay, Will, you've got your quirky thing. Put You put mayonnaise in your coffee. Then he showed them that he eats bananas with the peels. That's you see fine. That? No. He just bites into it with the peel and, like, eats the bottom Bro. of it, too. Disgusting. Bro what? is the Mike Leach of yes. college football Yes, players. I mean, it's Kentucky. What can you do? But I like Florida in the swamp. Anthony Richardson is that guy. He's that dude. He's got that dog in him. He's him. Whatever you want to say, he's the man. Um, Gators win this one. Don't know what the spread is, but you know what? They'll cover. They'll cover for sure. We got next up, number nine, Baylor, traveling to play number 21, BYU. This was a fun game last year. Sure to be fun this year. BYU is surprisingly favored by three, I saw in this game. I was surprised by that as well. Gosh, I got to say, Lavelle Edwards is one of the most underrated environments in all of college football they proved why last year against asu there was what five or six false starts for asu in that game clearly rattled by the noise i like byu here i like byu wow even though i guess it's technically not an upset i think it kind of is an upset feels like an upset for sure you know knocking off the number 10 team in the country they're number 21 jaron hall balls out and i think byu gets another huge early non-conference victory against their soon-to-be uh big 12 opponents 
BYU dropped 50 last week on the road against South Florida. Not too great of a team. But Baylor dropped a nice 69 versus Albany. Also, Albany, not a great team. But what I noticed was Baylor had eight different running backs slash wide receivers score a touchdown. So they can definitely spread the wealth when needed. And, man, I just love Dave Aranda. I love love this whole thing. You know, he used to be the defensive coordinator at Hawaii. I don't think I've ever mentioned it before. But, man, I I think Baylor is still still the man. I was going to say something else, but yeah, they're, they're legit. Okay, all right. That's that's legit. Um, I agree with what Hayden said about the environment, BYU boasts. I thought Baylor lost a lot um, of talent this offseason. Not as big of a Dave Aranda fan. I was a little bit lower on Baylor in the offseason. There was a point where I was thinking, oh, they're going to be terrible this year. They're going to win only seven or six games. I'm a little higher on Baylor now, but I actually think BYU pulls this one out. Um, it's one of those ones where in the offseason – Maybe you're looking at it and you you don't think about the venue that much. You just say, oh, Baylor won't lose to BYU. But thinking about the venue, I've got BYU as well. It's fair. Um, In the technical not upset upset. Um, Last game on the slate, the Cyhawk trophy battle, Iowa State at Iowa. Nobody's stock took a bigger hit than Iowa. I think this past week, Mudge, you mentioned it when you were talking about Iowa earlier. The seven points on two safeties and a field goal. I mean, that offense is putrid. It is really bad. Spencer Petrus, he's still the quarterback, right? Yep. He's, he's still unac- there. That is unacceptable. Yep. And for that reason, Iowa State, who has much more firepower on offense than the South Dakota State Jackrabbits, they're going to get it done on the road. I feel like Iowa has weirdly dominated this rivalry. I like Iowa State to get it done this year. Man, this one feels like that Illinois-Indiana game where it was like, Illinois is supposed to win this thing, right? Like, when you look at Iowa last weekend, struggling versus an FCS opponent, who I know is pretty decent, but all the fingers point in Iowa State's direction to win this game. But Iowa has won this matchup six straight times. They're at home. It's a rivalry game. Fluky things happen in rivalries. I got Iowa. Yeah, I I think that Iowa State has been better than Iowa the last three seasons. And yet somehow Iowa has managed to fluke their way to a victory. And I think this year is finally the year that Iowa State is able to emphatically say, nah, this time the talent gap is too big. This time we're not going to choke it. On the road, I think Iowa State ends that, what was that, seven-year drought now? Um, but now it's time for upset picks. Upset picks, and we'll start it off with the man who rarely misses, but actually did miss last week due to a missed field goal. Yeah, I mean, I think we had, what, Two or three chances last weekend for East Carolina to beat NC State. It just didn't happen. But, okay, this one I was having a little bit of a tougher time because I know we had some of these matchups in our predictions. So I'm going to go not a top 25 matchup, but an upset that I think will happen. UConn over Syracuse. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, okay. So I think Louisville is just probably not a really good team this year, and Syracuse just beat them at home. Okay. UConn. Is 2-0. They won 28-3 last weekend, and I'm buying the Jim Mora hype. They're 1-1. Okay? They did lose to Utah State. Oh, sure, sure. They but did lose to Utah State, but, but, but they felt like they won, but they <laughs> looked good. Sorry. But UConn, though, I, I buy the hype, and I think this could happen. And so because I think it could happen, I think it's going to happen, I got UConn. I think it's valid. You know, valid. Army hey. over UTSA. See? 
Army, a minuscule two-point dog in this game. They lost by 10 to a good coastal team last week. And, of course, UTSA took Houston to the wire. Yep. Triple overtime. That was Is unreal. that right? It was, it was 37 to 35 Houston. I like Army to get it done. I, I don't I don't think they lose two games in a row. This is this is a great matchup yeah. between two of the better, I'll say group of five teams, even though Army is, is technically an independent. Give me the Black Knights. Yeah, I mean both of those teams coming off of the seasons they had last year, great seasons. One of them will start 0 2. That's pretty shocking stuff. Uh, my upset pick, I'm just gonna swing for the fences early this year. Kansas over West Virginia. Wow. Wow. I like Lance Leifold. Oh, I was going to go in Kansas' direction at some point this year, and I decided to pull the trigger early because I wasn't feeling passionate about anything else. Give me Kansas. Only a 13.5-point spread here. Um, and I don't know. I just feel like the Jayhawks, I feel like they're going to get it. Um, nice. And let's, let's jump ahead to a place where Colt has struggled in Week 0. And Week 1, a bounce-back week. Let's get Lakakea for week two. Right. So week zero, I went one for three on Lakakeas. The parlay didn't hit. Week one, two for three, parlay didn't hit. Okay. So this week is gotta be three for three and we'll see what we'll see what happens with the parlay. Okay. Okay. This weekend we got USC covering a nine and a half spread versus Stanford. I think USC, considering how many points they scored last week and how they look. I think this is a ridiculous spread. I think USC should be favored by at least 17 points in this game. I know it's at Stanford. I know it's going to be a competitive game, but I got USC hammer. Arizona plus 11.5 versus Mississippi State. They're at home. They looked good last weekend. Let's keep riding with the Arizona hype. I like it. All right. And then I got North Carolina on the road at Georgia State covering a a 7.5-point spread. Going into the fourth quarter of their Appalachian State matchup, North Carolina was up by like 20 points. Yeah. Appalachian State just kind of battled back and, you know, made this a close one. I think North Carolina will take care of business against a Georgia State team that's not going to challenge them as much. My parlay of the week, I got Baylor BYU over 53 and a half. Okay, I like the amount of points they scored last weekend. Let's do it again. Kentucky plus 190 money line versus Florida. I'm all in on Kentucky. Let's just throw them in the parlay. Okay. My last one, Wake Forest covering a 12.5-point spread versus Vandy. Vandy has surprised a couple of people going into this season, including me, because they beat the Warriors. But Sam Hartman is back back. for the Demon Deacons, and I think he gets it done. They're going to cover. My betting lesson of the week, by the way, Vegas knows what they're doing. Mm. The reason why I didn't go 3-for-3 last week because Liberty was supposed to cover a minus three and a half point spread. They only won by two. It's because of Vegas. They know that that little one point is going to make a difference. They already mm. knew mm-hmm. that the game was going to go into triple overtime or quadruple overtime. Don't bet against Vegas, baby. Exactly. The house always wins, as they say. We'll go ahead and jump into our Pac-12 newsletter. This is a Pac-12 show, after all. Um, and let's talk about, after week one, stock up and stock down. Whose stock is rising? Whose stock is falling? Let's start on a positive note here. Stock up. Whose stock went up after week one? Give me USC after that 66-point offensive barrage against Rice. Everybody knew they were going to win that game. We didn't know how they were going to look. The offense just looks ridiculous. Very reminiscent of like a prime Oregon offense. I mean, very different in how they go about it. USC obviously much more of an air raid, whereas that Oregon was like your, your traditional spread offense. But the similarity is you got elite quarterback, 
like Caleb Williams. He's your Mariota. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, elite <laughs> athletes all over the field. Wide receiver, Jordan Addison, uh, Brendan Rice. I know I'm forgetting a bunch of other guys. Die is their running back They're now. just so loaded that you just... So loaded, and they're the clear-cut best team in the Pac-12 right now, in my opinion, and they're our best shot to get to the playoffs since 2016. I like Washington in terms of their stock going up. Going into this Kent State game, I thought Kent State was going to be in this. But Michael Penix Jr. threw for 345, four tutties. Also, I should mention Wayne Tullo-Papa, the running back for Washington. He's a Virginia transfer, but he's from Hawaii. Washington looks good, and they look decent in in their first game against Kent State. I thought they were going to be towards the bottom of the Pac-12. Would not surprise me right now after that performance if they make a bowl game. Yeah. Um, Stock up. I'll just go with the other two obvious ones for me. Oregon State and Arizona. Arizona and Oregon State both play teams that are expected to contend in the Mountain West. Mountain West notoriously has picked off Pac-12 teams. Both teams took care of business, and convincingly so. And I don't remember a moment where either of these two games were in doubt. So definitely stock up on those two squads. My other one was U of A. Yeah. Yeah, that was my other one too. Okay, perfect. Uh, Stock down. Should I just go ahead and list both right now? Right yeah. off the bat, Oregon, obviously, stock down. I picked them to win the Pac-12. I look incredibly stupid. They were very disappointing. I saw enough in that game to know that that is definitely not a top-two team in this conference. Oregon will probably go on to win nine ga- eight, nine games, make a run, go to a decent bowl game, but right now their stock is, is falling. It is. In Wazoo, that was... Just a brutal performance offensively. That should have been a blowout against Idaho. The one touchdown score, unacceptable. Uh, definitely time for Wazoo to to get back up there. But as of right now, their stock is on the downward trend. I would agree. I'll tell you this. In the first quarter of the UCLA Bowling Green game, Ooh. I had UCLA stock going all the way down. I thought the <laughs> season may have been just a complete bust, but they figured it out. My other team was Oregon. We know what happened. It was pretty brutal. Yeah, um, I would agree. I, I'm very, I'm very, you know, I'm, I'm proud of you guys for not putting Utah in stock down. I think a lot of people overreact to that loss, uh, just say, oh, well, told you Utah was fraudulent. We all know Utah's not fraudulent. It was in the swamp. It was a tight competitive game. Yep. One play is different in that game, and we're talking about how great Utah is for pulling out a road victory. So, you know what, guys? A, a great moment for a Pacific point of view. Let's give ourselves Good a Good stuff, hand. boys. Okay. <laughs> um, let's jump into our Pac-12 picks. We've got four. Count them. One, two, three, four more FCS games. Wow. Um, we've got Southern Utah at Utah, Portland State at Washington, Alabama State at UCLA, and Eastern Washington at Oregon. Which of these teams, if any, are in trouble? And if you're picking an upset, by all means, make that be known. Nobody's really in trouble here. Washington needs to look out. I can see them having kind of an ugly game against Portland State. Portland State just took San Jose State to the wire. With Chevin Cordero. Right. But the big thing here is that Washington can't get caught looking ahead to Michigan State. That's the big factor in that game. If Washington can not do that, they should blow out the Vikings. But if they get caught sleeping, this could be one of those sneaky games that's close going into the fourth quarter. I've got no upsets here, but I just want to say maybe Oregon. Okay, they're really beaten down after that Georgia game. Maybe this Eastern Washington team comes in and absolutely shocks everyone. I really got no upsets here, though. 
You guys want to hear the crazy stat of the day? If Colt didn't pick UC Davis to beat Cal, he would have been 12 and 0 on his Pac-12 oh, picks no. in week one. So he could have been uh, rivaling that crazy 20-game Hayden pick streak we saw. It could have been. Um, only game I'll mention uh, is Eastern Washington at Oregon. Eastern Washington beat UNLV last season. Ducks obviously have a landslide talent advantage, but they played very sloppy against a very talented Georgia team. But uh, Eastern Washington might be smelling some blood in the water. They're a fantastic FCS squad. They're good every year and. Wouldn't be the first time they've picked off a team in the state of Oregon. Rip the 2013 <laughs> yeah, Oregon State Beavers. Let's go to the mid-games. There's one of them this week. We've got UNLV traveling to play Cal. Ugh. I was actually a little hesitant. Interesting. I, I considered putting this on my upset radar. UNLV looked pretty good against Idaho State. They put up 50-plus. They're explosive on offense. Their quarterback, Doug Brumfield, is yep. that his last name? Yep, Doug Brumfield. Uh, he's actually not bad. He looked good against ASU last year. He's not He's not good, but he's not terrible. He's average, which for UNLV is good. Yep, um, I would agree. I actually believe this will be a close game. UNLV just seems like they're due for a good season. They're like one of the only Mountain West schools. That, that conference has so much parity. They're the only school that has consistently sucked alongside New Mexico for years. Yep. And uh, I don't think they win here. I like Cal to get it done at home. But I think this is going to be a stepping stone building block season for UNLV. And I think this will be one of their better non-conference games in a while. Yeah, I mean, UNLV Doug Brumfield was last weekend. This weekend is Cal. I think Cal is going to go out there and dominate. I, I think Cal going into the season we talked about, they're going to be better than last year, especially because of the whole they don't have the whole COVID thing anymore. Mm-hmm. I think Cal will win this one. I think they'll win this one by 20. Yeah, I don't know if they'll win by 20 just because of their style of play, but I do like Cal in this one, and I don't think it'll be in doubt. Um, I think similar vibes to the UC Davis game. But honestly, it sets up a pretty pretty fun matchup. If we have a 2-0 Cal team headed on the road versus Notre Dame in South Bend. It's interesting, uh, man. Next week. But let's get to the big ones. Uh, we'll start it off. It just feels like an unusual game. Washington State at number 19, Wisconsin. This would be the most cursed Rose Bowl of all time. Yeah. Bad matchup for Wazoo. I picked Wisconsin going into this year, I think, to win their division in the Big Ten. Really like the Badgers, and they're so tough to beat at Camp Randall Stadium. Oh, yeah. Give me Wisconsin to cover. Jump around. Man, Cam Ward looked pretty good last weekend in, in totality for Wazoo. But that's about all they got, and I don't see him walking into Wisconsin and delivering a win for the Cougs. I got the Badgers easily. Washington would have Washington State would have been a, full, uh, a sneaky fluke upset pick if they looked at all cohesive against Idaho. But that performance was so not inspiring, and you just feel like that Wisconsin yeah. O line is going to bully them, and Braylon Allen's going to run for like two fifty. I just. The the fumbles, the kicking game, yeah. it's like that's a recipe for disaster. It's the polar Randall. opposite of Wisconsin does. Wisconsin, oh, yeah. they're kind of like Utah. You know, they're just they, they just run wait the for ball. you to mess up and exactly. then they expose it. Yeah, right. Um, next game, we've got Colorado traveling to play Air Force, which I believe Air Force's stadium is in Colorado too, right? Yes. Yeah. yes. So it's technically an in-state rivalry, maybe. Yeah, in the somewhat. Colorado, they. Held kind of tough against TCU last week. Obviously, downward spiral in the second half. So the momentum, not good for them going into this game. Air Force, one of the most underrated group of five teams in the country. 
Um, I actually believe this will be a close game really? because of the in-state thing. Uh, and this, you know, Colorado knows it cannot afford to go 0-3 in non-conference. Carl Doral knows he's kind of on the edge of the hops, hot seat. Colorado's going to play a good football game. I don't know who their quarterback's going to be. All I know is that they are definitely not overlooking Air Force. And this is a huge game for both teams because Air Force has a chance to beat a Pac-12 team at home. Yeah. I like Air Force to get it done, but they definitely won't cover. I think they win this game by a touchdown in a low-scoring contest. Really? Mm-hmm. I think this is easy money for Air Force. You've got a down Pac-12 team in Colorado, similar to how Hawaii beat U of A that one year. You got them coming to your house. Air Force plays everyone very tough. Their style of offense is also tough to beat. They also have a pretty decent defense going into this year. I just love Air Force, and I feel like they're peaking at the right time for them to actually win the Mountain West. They're not going to slip up here. Yeah, I feel like Colorado has an underrated defense, and you heard that correctly. I feel like Colorado has an underrated defense. It is. Um, And Air Force runs a style of play. It's that, you know, the service academy, triple option, veer option, 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 run, run, whatever you want to call it. And I think that gives Colorado a chance in this game. And I'm going to pick Colorado. I think JT Shroud starting is going to be some more uh, (laughs) uh, boost for this Colorado offense. And I'm picking Colorado. And I just think I've I've seen the the fraudulent nature of some of these group of five teams that won double-digit games last year. And it it doesn't instill a lot of faith in Air Force for me. And Air Force is a team that I could see flipping either direction this year. So I, I have Colorado. And I think the desperation of the Buffaloes will show. And... And I just felt, I feel like in one of these out-of-conference games, they are going to show up, and so this is my pick. Um, I got Colorado. Wow. Um, That's a shocker. I also yeah. have, to, I have to apologize for my Oregon pick last week, but I won't apologize for this one. Um, next up, we have our first conference game. Let's somebody, go! Somebody ring the conference game bell. Ding, ding, um, ding. Number 10, USC, traveling to play Stanford. Stanford single-handedly derailed USC's season last year, and pretty much single-handedly got Clay Helton fired. Yeah. And they, they destroyed USC in week two out of nowhere. Like, in we forget Coliseum. USC was the favorite to win the South last year yep. alongside ASU. And Stanford smacked them. No way that happens again. They'll put up a fight. Uh, I like USC to win. It'll be within two scores, though. Stanford was pretty good wow. last week against Colgate, 41 points. Tanner McKee is an underrated quarterback. It's going to be a shootout, and you don't usually hear that when it comes to Stanford, but I like USC to win in a high-scoring contest like 49-35. Really? Yeah. Man, <laughs> I think USC is going to absolutely blow the brakes off of Stanford this week. Wow. They're favored by nine. I saw something that USC was only favored by eight. Come on. I, I literally think USC will win this thing by 28 points. I don't think this game will be close at all. Wow. I love the offensive weapons for USC. I love the momentum. I, I was listening to like Colin Coward or something like that. He was at the game, and he was like, the way Caleb Williams sees the field is absolutely insane. I'm going to take his eyes for it. Drinking that Colin Coward. Oh, of course. I love Kool-Aid. that guy. Um, I think Tanner McKee is a great quarterback, and I think the way he plays um, is going to give Stanford – not a chance, but it's going to give them a chance to keep it close. Um, and I do think Vegas knows what they're doing when they give that nine and a half spread on this game because they know the offensive weaponry that Stanford still possesses. Uh, but yeah, I like USC. I think they take care of business. They get the first Pac-12 win, and they can enjoy that time uh, at number one in the Pac-12 standings. 
Um, next me, up, me doubting Vegas after saying <laughs> don't doubt Vegas. All right, we've got Arizona State at number eleven, <clears throat> Oklahoma State. Big game in Stillwater. Huge game, and man, I hate picking against ASU. I'm gonna do it here. Oklahoma State wins. However, I kind of like where the spread is at. What is it? 11. 11. Oklahoma State. I think it'll be right around there. Uh, ASU notorious, at least under Herm Edwards, for playing up to their opponents. And if ASU can run the football, control the clock, not make mistakes, and that is a lot to ask with a bunch of newcomers on offense mm-hmm. in a hostile environment. But if ASU can do that, this will be a close game. Like Oklahoma State's going to score points. Spencer Sanders is going to account for multiple touchdowns. The, Oklahoma State will score. It's just a matter of can ASU take advantage of Oklahoma State's weak defense that just gave up 40-plus to Central Michigan last week? Mm-hmm. I like Oklahoma State to win, but I think this is going to be something almost like a win-win for both teams. Oklahoma State gets their uh, Power 5 win. ASU looks good against a Top 15 team. I think ASU, I think this is the type of game that, you know how you were describing the USC-Stanford game? This is how I think the ASU-Oklahoma State game will go. I think ASU will be in this. Oklahoma State gave up a lot of points last weekend. I think ASU has a better offense than who Oklahoma State played last weekend. So I got ASU being in this. Yes, I don't think they will win the game, but I definitely think they'll be in it. And I think they'll cover that. Well, actually, they won't cover. They're getting 11 and a half. Hammer ASU. Okay, yeah. Um, if I was going to this game in Stillwater, I'd pick ASU in a heartbeat. But I will pick Oklahoma State, and I like exactly what you said, Hayden. I think this game could end up being a win for both sides. Oklahoma State gets the victory. ASU looks competitive and says, hey, we can win some conference games if we yeah, play like yeah. that. We can win maybe half our conference game, maybe right, more, right. Um, if we look good in this one. Uh, next up, big game for Jonathan Smith and company. We've got Oregon State traveling to play Fresno State and Jake Hayner. And the Bulldogs. I hate, as almost as much as I hate picking ASU to lose, I hate giving U of A props, but U of A looked good last week against San Diego State. Uh, I said I said Oregon State. Oh, you said Oregon yeah, State? Yeah, yeah, the Oregon State-Fresno State game. Oh, whoops. I forgot to put that on my notes. <laughs> really? Awkward. Uh, okay, so, no, that's fine. Yeah, uh, yeah, Oregon State, on the road, I think they get it done. I think they Let's go, go 2-0 against the Mountain West. <laughs> Give me the beefs. Man, Fresno State, okay, they're such a tricky team because last week, last season, right, they beat UCLA, but then somehow later down the road, they end up losing to Hawaii, which makes no sense to me. If you're losing to Hawaii, you're fraudulent because we are not that good. Oregon State, (laughs) I've been very high on this season. I think going into this year, I think Oregon State is going to finish two or three in this Pac-12 conference Hammer Oregon State, this is their year to make their statement. I think this is the fulfillment of the first era of the Jonathan Smith project, and I think they're going to get it done on the road. I'll tell you what, Oregon State versus Boise State, they picked up and moved around and bullied Boise State's defensive and offensive lines that entire game, and it's exactly what I hope they do against Fresno State. The concerning part in the second half, multiple turnovers for Oregon State. Very sloppy play. Defense gave up some huge plays. I have Fresno State highlighted in bold here, but honestly what sways me is remembering Kalen DeBoer is no longer at Fresno State, and guess who looks like an absolute offensive genius again? Michael Penix Jr. on Washington says, wait a minute, maybe that DeBoer guy had something to do with it. I'm flipping my pick. I'm going to go with Oregon State. I'm picking the Beavs. 
I, I like the good energy. Let's go. Wait, Oregon State still won with a clean sweep of logos, and so I feel like the good energy will help the Beavs in week two. All righty. Let's go. Last game of the slate. We will all be at this game. Let's go. This weekend. Uh, not me. Miss, what? You're not going? I, no, I will not be there. Uh, what? That's sad. Mississippi yep. State Come on, man. at Arizona. Hayden will make fun of you for that later, but yeah. now you can give your U of A. All right. Um, yeah, sorry about that. I was in the process. Again, this fantasy draft being during the show. That's, I know. Who that did that? That threw that me is. off. Uh, but anyways, like I was saying, um, <laughs> hate picking U of A. I'm actually not going to do it here. I'm going to take Mississippi State. I was very impressed by Jaden Delora. And one of my favorite U of A players in years, Jacob Cowing. Not only because he's a, a dude, but because he named his son after Chase Lucas. I thought that was really cool. Huh. And uh, I, I've been following him since he was at UTEP. Uh, I think those two guys are, are going to, Delora and Cowing, are going to shred lots of Pac-12 defenses. This is going to be a high-scoring game, but maybe just a little too big a moment for U of A right here. The Bulldogs uh, find a way to get it done on the road. Did you hear that? He was giving Delora props. I thought I was the only one that did that on this show. It's pretty cool. You should be. You give him enough for three lifetimes. It's true. Mike Leach, right? He has Will Rogers coming into this game. He threw for 450, five tutties, one pick. Absolute threat with his arm. But, man, I'm going to go with Delora because that's my man. And even though... Maybe Mississippi State should be totally favored in this game. I'm riding the hype. Give me U of A. I feel like I make myself look so dumb because I have so many picks I made in the offseason that I just flip come regular season. One of my bold picks in the offseason was I picked U of A to beat Mississippi State. Now the game's here. It's in my lap. It's right in front of me. I'm taking Mississippi State. Uh, I like Mike on, Leach. Watch. I like the Bulldogs. And uh, I'm atmosphere is going to be really fun at this game, I feel like. Even if U of A's fans don't show out, it'll still be fun to see that. Mike Leach signature offense go to town. Um, but yeah, I like Mississippi State. And with that, we head to fact or fiction as we wrap things up. We got about 12 minutes left at the end of the show here. Just enough time for fact or fiction and the name game. All right. Let's start it off. Fact or fiction Sam Hartman's return changes things drastically for Wake Forest. Fact. 100% fact. All right. I like the energy. Wake Forest to the playoffs, maybe? Nah. I mean, nah. maybe that's a playoff, but at least gives them a chance. Maybe a 12-team playoff. Uh, exactly. All right. Fact or fiction, an SEC team will be crowned champion at the end of the season. Fact. Oof. I think so. They've looked pretty you know, good. After that Ohio State thing, fact, I got an SEC team. All right. Fact or fiction, the 12-team playoff is ultimately good for college football. Fact. It's better than what we have now. 100% agree. It finally gives Hawaii a chance for the national championship. Go Bows. All right, fact or fiction, the Clemson offense is no better than it was last season. Fact. The Clemson offense, yeah. Yeah, fact. They look basically the same. After, last, after the game against Georgia Tech, yeah. Next game, are you starting Klubnik or are you starting DJ? Klubnik, bro. Yeah, probably. All right, that seems to be the consensus, but Dabo, very hesitant um, to decide that. I'm surprised DJ stuck around. I thought he was, I thought he was gone this hey, offseason. Uh, Oregon Ducks starting quarterback, 2023. Book I it. Could, I can see it. <laughs> All right. Fact or fiction? Michigan covers their 51.5-point spread versus Hawaii. No way. Fiction. fiction. <laughs> no fiction. way. That is ridiculous. Uh, but, and, yeah, final score. Vandy won by 53. Final score, 51-7. Wow. Michigan. Okay. Fact or fiction? USC should be weary of their game versus Stanford. 
absolutely fact. Absolutely Weary. not yeah. fiction. I think oh. this is easy. Wow. Okay. Cool. Just, has, if nothing, if nothing else, because of what Stanford did to them last year, yeah. there's no way they should over. What I'm saying is, is it's like eh, you shouldn't be excited. Like I don't know. We'll see. Maybe the culture's different. Uh, fact or fiction? The Iowa San- South Dakota State. 7-3, absolute slugfest, was a fun game to watch. I didn't watch it. Colt, I'm going to let you answer that I'm going to go fact. Because of the chance that South Dakota State could win this game, yeah, it made it interesting. Sure, okay. fact. Same I, reason. I think that game should have ended 4-3. to three. I, I wish uh, Iowa hadn't ever kicked that field goal. A 4-3 victory would have been, would have been elite. All right, fact or fiction, an upset win over Alabama would automatically make Texas back. 100% mm, fact. Fact. I, I think we also have to look at Arch Manning's going to be there next year. That's just a lot of two great things happening in back-to-back seasons. This would be pretty lit. Okay. Uh, fact or fiction, we will see significantly more upsets in week two than we saw in week one. Fiction. I actually had a hard time finding an upset. I would on this agree. Schedule. I thought I that as well. I'm going to go fiction as well. I, I, I have a weird feeling that this may be just a chalk year. I don't think it'll be a chalk year. I think it's going to be fun in conference when all these teams yeah. haven't lost yet. But, but we'll get another Bama-Georgia Colt, Colts of pessimist. Final. Fact or fiction, if Hawaii's football games ended after their first score, Hawaii would be 2-0. That is fact. That <laughs> yeah, is 100% yeah. fact. We've taken a 7-0 lead in both games. Our scripted drive, oh my gosh. It's it, good. We could beat Bama with that scripted drive. You could. Wow. But Man, maybe not. Anything <laughs> after that, whew, we can't beat like UC Davis right now. It's bad. All right, can you beat Duchesne, though? That's the question. Can we beat Duquensky? <laughs> no. Oh, that's not, not very optimistic. Not yet. Not what we were hoping for. Not but yet. With that, we're bringing back a much-beloved segment in the name game, where Hayden and I pick a name from a Pac-12 player, and we try to make Colt spell the name. Uh, because these names are so difficult, Colt will get not one, but two opportunities uh, to guess the name. So, you know, two strikes and you're out. For Almadova. Okay. Um, Colt, why don't you pick? Which one of us, which name do you want first, me or Hayden? Uh, I'm going to go Hayden. All right. Let's do it. I'm not going to look at your laptop. All right. (laughs) This is an Arizona State freshman defensive back by the name of Saditi Green. Where's he from? Uh, I think he's from California. Language of origin. (laughs) Don't know. Country of origin. Can I get the name used in a sentence? Saditi Green gets burned as uh, <laughs> some Oklahoma State quarterback goes for 70-yard touchdown. Okay, Saditi Green. S. Correct. E. Nice. Incorrect. Ooh, what? Not, not a good start. S. Yep. Saditi? Mm-hmm. S-I? Incorrect. Oh, what? Colt does not even Saditi go- Green is <laughs> S-A-A. D I T E and then green. <laughs> it's a D T, not G-R-E-E-N. Official right. pronunciation via the Arizona State website. This game is rigged. Yeah, Madeline tried to guess the spelling in the in the chat. She was also horribly wrong. Um, Colt, this one you actually I think have a chance to get, and it's because this one is a, a name you may have seen flash across the screen before, and there's a chance 
a chance you get this one, and you could be one for two to start the season. Is it Tongo Vailoa? No. Damn. Okay. <laughs> We've got Oregon State's punter. He's been there for a few years. Luke Locker. Okay. Luke. L. Correct. U. Mm-hmm. K. Looking great. Locker. Ooh. I, L. I, I'm going to count that as an... Did, Eh, because you didn't say E. I didn't say E. I thought it was an L-U-K. <laughs> okay, okay. L-U-K-E. But I gave you the E now. L-U-K-E. Okay, so now you've gotten it. That was that was a really rough first miss call. I'm not going to lie. You overthought it. I did. Okay. Locker. Last, last name Locker. L. Okay. O. Yep. C. And incorrect. What? Luke Locker. I don't know how you missed the first name. If you didn't miss the first name, you might have had a chance. L-U-K-E, Yes. <laughs> And then Locker, L-O-E-C-H-E-R, Luke Locker. That is brutal. The punter for I, Oregon State. I just State. thought it was just going to be a first name thing. It was like Luke, like a Luke. Yeah, Luke. yeah. I, you know, if I showed you the face, you would have gone, ah, that is a white guy and his name's Luke and there's no no way around it. Madeline also got that one wrong in the chat. So. I, f- I feel like there's like maybe a European like Luke. There could be. I mean, I don't know <laughs> if that's European, but... I'm just making stuff up here. You're just defending p- tons of people probably right now. Probably. <laughs> Anyways, uh, with that, we will let Michael Scott take us to our outro. Maybe. If I can. There we go. <sighs> All I can do right now is put on a brave face and go out there and be their leader. It's over. We are screwed. All right, boys. Week two, we're headed full steam ahead. Hayden, you said you're not going to make it to the the U of A game. I will be watching Mm. the Arizona State game. But we will be going to Texas still. Yep. Iowa State, Texas. That is uh, November something. Can't really remember. It's like October. Oh, is it really? 15th. Oh, okay. Perfect. It's near my birthday. Three days of my birthday. But, anyways, headed into this week two, uh, what are you guys looking forward to? Covering. That's what I'm looking forward to for the <laughs> University of Hawaii. Okay, we don't need to win. Okay, 51 points just feels very disrespectful. Let's just get some pride back. Okay, we had it going into the season. Let's get it back. Reel it in. Joey Yellen season. Cover the 51-point spread. I feel like we got, we got a little bit of extra time here. We got like three yeah, whole do. minutes. How we about do. that? That's um, unusual. Something that was kind of trending in the college football Twitter circles was that you know, just overall the state of the game, despite the fact that kind of the overall trajectory of college football is kind of down right now with realignment, you're you're losing rivalries, mm-hmm. the NIL, the transfer portal, just having college football back these last two weeks just kind of reaffirmed how great this sport is despite all the noise. And uh, in even week one, when all the, you know, everybody got to play, UNC App State, North Carolina State, ECU, LSU, Florida State. Like, that is what college football is about. Yep. And most of those teams were unranked. And we still care as fans. We don't only care about Bama and Georgia and respect to those schools and what they've built. But to be honest, that's not what makes college football so great is, is watching those two teams. It's, it's watching everybody else. And that's what makes it so fun. And that's why I love college football so much. So... I was going to kind of mention that during the the big picture segment, but I wanted to get that in here yeah. uh, before we checked out. I agree. Another thing I'll mention, and I, this is something that I feel like was not talked about a lot in the offseason and still hasn't even really been mentioned that much, 
a lot of people talk about the negative side effects of the transfer portal and the cons that it's brought and oh, all these kids are leaving. I want to talk about the positives it's had because yeah. the quarterback play in college football, because all these guys that are starter caliber are behind a five-star and they transfer to a better school, the the quality was fantastic. You look at that Pitt-West Virginia game, we would have had two schmucks out there and just <laughs> running the ball around would have been terrible. The quality of play, it is up. I mean, we would have seen Paul Tyson running around for ASU last week, and I don't know. Even he was a transfer. I don't know. More how like that, Trent, uh, Trent True. Even he was a transfer. I guess Daniels would have stayed then if they were in the transfer role. But you get the principle. It's just been better quality of play, and I just think it's great for college football. Agreed. I oh. love college football, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree as well. Um, no problem with wrapping the show up early. Um, if that's all we've got, I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. And I'm Colt Almodova. And with that, we wave goodbye. If the sound plays. Why is it not playing? It did this earlier. Hold on. It's making me dude. download the file. Hold on. This could take a minute. Okay, we got it. <laughs> we wave goodbye. <laughs> Make it to Hunter. Loft it towards the end zone. Oh, what a grab! Kevin Turner! He's gonna run it himself. Collect.